Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. <sighs> pastor Joel. Hey, hello. Thank you. Do that, today, can, today, today. There, I was like, do the echo voice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, PJ, how you doing? Good, man. What's going on with you? Oh, I'm in it right now. This has been a fun journey. The season four has been incredible, and we're in the sweet spot in the center of the in the center of the season, and these episodes are hitting hard aren't they yeah man we're having a blast yeah well today's a bit of a whopper i'd say it is it is we're talking about positional spiritual gifts huh huh positional right. spiritual gifts yeah okay okay so what is the background of this topic what the heck is this positional spiritual gift as the church, we are made of people with specific purposes in order to help God's will happen on earth. We've all been given gifts from God that help us participate in his will. Now, we've already seen there are three classes of spiritual gifts. The reason there's three is that each came from a different member of the Trinity for a different purpose. Today, we're bringing some clarity to one of the three classes of spiritual gifts. We've called them the positional spiritual gifts from Ephesians 4.11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So in the previous episode, Jesus, we covered how Jesus is trying to connect the church to the father so the church can grow in sanctification on a daily basis mm. and we ended the previous episode saying that the next episode would cover the small picture benefits that jesus brings to the church on a daily basis in order to accomplish this these five gifts the positional spiritual gifts are the specific benefits that Jesus brought and continues to bring to the church in order to sanctify us on a daily basis. So big picture, Jesus wants to connect you to the Father. Yes. Small picture, Jesus does that through these five gifts. Ooh, big nice. picture, Jesus is always trying to bring you sanctification by growing, by help, being the way for you to grow your fellowship with God. Yes. Small yes, picture, yes, yes. these five gifts are how he facilitates that sanctification in your life. Nice. Well, that's pretty spectacular. Yeah. That's, I mean, now, well, okay. You call those positional spiritual gifts. Now I get it. I mean, I've heard of those yeah. gifts. I've Ephesians, heard of those yeah. five gifts before. Now we're on track. Yeah. Now we have a name for those in Ephesians. Yeah. That class, that class cool. of gifts. Cool. So we're done, right? That's yeah, it. Well, we get it did, that is a, <laughs> that is a big picture answer to the entire episode. It really is. But we're talking about topics that have caused damage. Yeah. 
So how have people been hurt by this topic? Well, they either don't understand these gifts or they think they're no longer active, especially the apostles and prophets. Right. So we see a lot of times, you know, the, the just like all the spiritual gifts, we talked about this in the three classes, they all get lumped into one big pile. And that's one of the ways we misunderstand these verse, these these gifts is they just get mixed in with all the other spiritual gifts listed in the New Testament. But the real issue we're going to see here is that people don't believe there's apostles and prophets anymore. Nice. Okay, so when this topic impacts the church it affects it affects the church and then we see two sides form the strict side and the loose side what is the strict side's perspective on this topic well they still believe we have evangelists pastors and teachers yet this strict side believes there's no apostles and prophets now that the bible is the complete word of god So we have the Bible. People believe it's the complete word of God. Mm -hmm. What would be the point of apostles and prophets? Now that we do, Hmm. that's, that's really where the argument comes from. How do they support that perspective with the Bible? Well, okay. So the point of what the flock is not to give every scriptural support. And the reason I'm saying this in this episode is because it was sure hard for me not to. Okay. Because I've done a lot of studying on this topic. Okay. But our point here is to give you an example of what the strict side could use to support their belief. And that's what we're going to do today. But I just wanted to lay this out for all of our listeners. Because this is a complex topic that has actually taken the strict side a lot of work to get support for their flawed belief. So what I'm going to do, there's we have the ability to, to upload a transcript into our episodes. I'm going to upload a transcript of this episode. And in that transcript, there will be specific verses that deal with the specific gifts and how the strict side uses some verses in the Bible to try to support that there's no longer apostles and prophets. So check out the transcript if you want a deeper dive. But for now, here's an example that just covers the entire grouping of positional gifts. I could use this, this verse to support the strict side. So if I was on the strict side, I might say the following. From 1 Corinthians 13, verses 9 and 10, it says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. So people use this to say the gifts are done because that which is perfect has already come. Now, see, the abstractness of that verse gives a lot of room for me to do some really cool interpretation skills if I want to use it to rationalize a belief, right? Because depending on who I am, depending on the denomination I'm a part of, I may use this verse to support different perfects that I want to be done away with. So for instance, like, so what is it? What is it? But when that which is perfect has come, what's that? The Bible? 
the complete word of God, mm. Jesus, mm. the Holy Spirit. Nice. Yeah. It could be any of those. It could be all of those. It could be none of those, but I could use this verse to support whatever belief I want in this area. Aha. Now the issue comes verse 11. The, I'll continue. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So again, when I'm a man, adults put away these childish things. We, we put away these things we don't need anymore. We no longer need apostles and prophets because we have the Bible. So that would be an example of using these verses to support no more apostles and prophets. So that we needed apostles and prophets when we were children. Yeah. In the faith. Right. You know, maybe during the early church when the church was just new and was expanding for the expansion of the gospel. Now we don't need it anymore because we have the internet. We have, we have the complete word of God. <laughs> we can wow. get the okay. word out. Okay. Huh. How would you handle an interaction with someone who held this perspective? Well, what's interesting is verse 11. Wait, wait a minute. If I'm using verses 10 and 9, 10, and 11, 1 Corinthians 13, to say there's no more gifts, the implication is these, wait, these gifts are childish? Yeah. But that's and what you said. Oh, and what you said is the, uh, wait, are you saying that the apostles, uh, the internet is more beneficial than having an apostle and a prophet? Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I was laughing. It's just a platform <laughs> to get the word out. It's like, so people are missing the specific benefit of an apostle and a prophet, Okay, which we'll get to, but that's a specific response to a specific complaint or a specific explanation. But big picture, what I could do if somebody didn't use any scriptural support, I could still talk to a person who doesn't believe there's apostles and prophets anymore or that the gifts aren't active at all. And just ask, why do you believe these gifts are no longer active, especially apostles and prophets? Can you show me in the scriptures to can you show me in the scriptures to support that belief? So the reality, the reality is there are no verses that explicitly say that apostles and prophets don't exist today, and there are verses that say they do exist. When it comes to apostles, people say there were only 12. That was it. However, Paul was an apostle. So people will say, okay, well, he, he it's okay. He can count, but no one else but him. But then in Acts 14, 14, it called Paul and Barnabas, both apostles. So people say, okay, you can have two, but no more. Now, the book of Revelation was written by John, who is the last of the 12 apostles. In chapter 2 of Revelation, a letter is written to the church in Ephesus, and that church was commended for being able to determine who is an apostle. Ooh. Why is that an ability I would need if there aren't any? Nice. And assuming John's the only one alive still at this point, if there was only 12, then it would be pretty easy to determine who's an apostle and who isn't. Because it's, I mean, at this time when this letter was written, if you're not John, you're not an apostle would be the, like, why is that an area people are being affirmed in? doesn't sound like that big of an ability. Worse in the letter to the Ephesians, specifically in chapter four, verse 11, the tense 
of the word gave and that he gave these gifts means Jesus gave and continues to give these gifts. It's called present active. Nice. The same tense was used when it talks about Jesus giving salvation. It says Jesus stopped giving salvation. He only gave it when he, the one time, and now he stops giving it. Yeah. But the entire trend, the entire passage, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, go ahead and look at the transcript. That's where I have a lot of details. That entire passage says we will need these gifts until we are all acting like a perfect person to the stature of Jesus, which means we need them even after we reach the new Jerusalem or heaven. Mm. But really, the best question to ask people is if Jesus took back two gifts that he provided for the building up of the church, did Jesus fail to keep his word? Ouch. Yeah, nice. I want to summarize here to make sure I understand Pastor Joel. It's a big topic. It is. It's big. Yeah, man. So... It seems to me that pastors in the church today would rule over the evangelists and teachers because there are no longer apostles and prophets. That's a really that's a really cool perspective, really cool way to look at that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, interesting. Before we jump into the loose perspective, it looks like we have a call, Pastor Joel, from a different location. Ooh. From Crawley, Louisiana. Uh-oh. Okay. Welcome, Pastor Rich, to What the Flock. Hey, Pastor Rich, you're on the line. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Pastor Johnson, Pastor Joel. How y'all doing today? Oh, I'm happy. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I'm relieved because I didn't know if we would ever hear from you again. Hey, Pastor Rich, how are you? Well, to be honest, uh, I was a bit anxious to talk with y'all today, but then I listened to y'all's explanation of the strict side of things, and now I'm, I'm a bit intrigued. Personally, I, I don't have anything to say on this matter. But I was raised to believe there was only one gift given to the church, that gift being the pastor gift. Pastor did everything. and In order to become a pastor, you had to do everything. Well, that fits, that fits with the previous episode when we spoke about pastors that saw themselves as the CEO and saw the church as a business. That's right. I listened to that episode, and I got to say I'm impressed by how y'all deal with my dad. I've always seen him as a bit of a bull, and I'm not much of a bullfighter. (laughs) However, y'all seem to be able to get him to consider another perspective. Yeah, Pastor Tater is very passionate. He has a lot of energy that I think many men his age would want for themselves. Well, I, I, 
I often see it as uh, dramatic. Okay, I can see that. But that's what I like about them. I mean, I just try to show them how to direct that passion in a biblical direction. And he has continued to respond like a true man of God. Well, that makes sense. I, uh, I get what you're saying, Pastor Joel. I just don't see pastors as bulls, you know, charging over people. I see them as shepherds who also enjoy hanging out with the sheep. Oh, I feel the same way, Pastor Rich. Well, thank you, Pastor Jonathan. I feel like you do, too. I'm going to hang up and listen to the rest of this topic because I feel like y'all are going to teach me something important. Uh, Even though my dad may not say it, I know that this is his favorite podcast. God bless you both. Thank you, Pastor Rich, for the call. You know, Pastor Joel, seems like Pastor Tater thinking that he had to do everything in the church caused Pastor Rich to be hurt by the church. Hey, PJ. Hey. Question for you. Do you think I'm a bull? No. I think you are a bull shepherd. Ooh. That settles. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Bull shepherd. So if the strict side thinks that there aren't apostles and prophets anymore, what is the other side of the argument? What is the loose perspective? Loose side is Jesus takes care of all this. He's already done the work. Now we just live and enjoy the fact that we're part of his family. And also, you know, people can just be any of the fivefold at any time. That was something we talked about at the three classes episode is, you know, big picture, all the gifts thrown into a pile. Just pick the one you want to do and do it. So that would also work with each of the different classes. It's like, hey, anybody can be any of these. Do whatever you want to do. As long as it makes you feel good, I guess it's fine with Jesus. He's already done the work anyways. And how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, once again, the loose side completely misses the benefit. The verse specifically says that he gave some these gifts, not everyone. And notice all of these gifts are given to help people in the church grow in their uniqueness and to connect in a healthy manner with others in the church. Fellowship. When these specific roles aren't able to be relied on, the church doesn't grow in maturity or in fellowship. Hmm. How would you handle an interaction with someone who held the loose perspective? Well, I could ask them if they think the church is done growing. I could ask them if they're happy with the level of maturity and fellowship in their own church. Yeah, maybe they think it is. How about this question? Is the church currently in the state that God intends us to be in? Especially in preparation for the marriage supper of the Lamb? Or are you hindering God's plan for eternity? Nice. So that's our strict side and our loose side. We see that this 
strict side doesn't understand the gifts and especially thinking that apostles and prophets are done because we have something better. So therefore it puts the pastor in charge, right. Of the evangelists and teachers. Yeah. Yeah. The loose side says that put them in a pile and pick it, whatever you want. (laughs) You got it. Yeah, it does. Yep. And when you see this happen in the church, pastor Joel, what are your thoughts? I see three categories of people. The first category are the people we we're, we have compassion on them. We feel sorry for them because of the damage they're causing themselves and others. And these are people that we see shutting down churches and shutting down individual Christians who embrace these gifts mm. that Jesus gave. And the people, we also feel sorry for the people who are missing out on these specific benefits that Christ gave to the church. And these people are literally hindering God's plan for eternity and denying gifts that Jesus himself gave to others. There's the people I understand why they do what they do. These tend to be the people in this context, they leave the church due to poor leadership. They themselves have lacked growth and lacked fellowship due to that poor leadership. These people are also missing the benefit that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers bring to the church. And they know something. A lot of times we see this with this middle group. It's they know something's off, even if they can't name it, they know something's off and they're fed up with the abuse. Right. And then there's the people we're impressed with. These people are those who know Jesus is still looking out for the church and helping the church daily and is doing so through these five gifts. Nice. What is the ultimate answer for this topic, Pastor Joel? The positional spiritual gifts are the specific benefits that Christ gave and continually gives to the church in order to make a bride that is equal to him in stature. So these gifts are meant to be the leadership of the church, daily facilitating the purpose and progress of people. That's why it's often referred to, you may have heard these five gifts the positional gifts also referred to as the fivefold ministry. Right. You and I refer to them as, as such quite often. Definitely. But once again, let's look at Ephesians 4.11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. The word gave is the word. I already said it. It's the word that means he is he gave and is giving continues to give there's even translations that say he gives some to be nice apostles prophets evangelists pastors, teachers and these are offices or positions or roles that not everybody holds he gave some yet we are all beneficiaries of these gifts everyone in the church benefits from these five gifts We are all part of the plan that these gifts are meant to accomplish. So Jesus left the church, right? He had to go and build mansions, take care of business. Mm -hmm. Intercede for us, right? Yep. But he left not without setting up the church for success to do the job he left for us. The Great Commission, right? Mm -hmm. And he set us up for success 
to give us what we needed, to give us the, the leadership we needed, to give us the gifts we needed to continue to grow in maturity and fellowship within ourselves as a church and with God the Father. And Jesus is the perfect example of each of these gifts. If you understand these gifts, each of them individually, Jesus was the ultimate at each of them. He is the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the best ever at each and all of these. Nice. This is the big point. The big point and why we needed to cover this today. It's a, I know it's a, it, it is a fivefold ministry episode. It is a positional gifts episode, but the damage is so prevalent in this area that people church wide largely believe they're, they're not active at all, or specifically apostles and prophets are. So the big point I want everybody to walk away from this episode is recognizing these gifts are still active and alive today. And the Bible proves this point. We even see in Ephesians 2.20 that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. The Bible shows us that it's the apostle that starts the church, like Paul, and then he identifies the pastor and he leaves Hmm. king and wise men again, right? Mm -hmm. He sets up the, the king, the leader, the pastor, and he leaves. He's not getting in the way of this of this person who's the leader. So the pastor is the leader, but he is under the correction of the apostle who isn't around. He's around enough to correct them around enough to give them counsel, but he's not around in the sense of the management, the day-to-day management of the church. That's the pastor's job. And also the, the apostle doesn't gain from being able to correct the pastor because he's not around. So he's not going to be a guy who's confronting the pastor in front of the church and is like, and I benefit from it because all these people are now going to start looking at me like I'm in charge. Like, no, the benefit of the apostle being out on the road is that he can correct the pastor while also not getting in the way of the pastor continuing to lead the church. Nice. But I wonder, is this the reason that pastors don't want apostles and prophets around? Because this makes them more than just a CEO. If the apostles and prophets aren't around, is it possible the pastor can then feel like he is the chairman of the board? Mm. Which that's a position that's even higher than the (laughs) CEO. Oh, nice. Not only am I in charge of this business, but now all of these other people who are supposed to be leaders in this business all answer to me too. Right. So this puts them in a spot where no one is able to correct them. It makes sense why a pastor, especially one kind of like we talked about on the the strict side in the last episode, the CEO of the bully makes sense why he would want to preach and believe that there are no longer apostles and prophets puts him in a position to be more of a bully, more of a CEO, more of a boss. Wow. And I get it too. If a pastor started a church, then he is an entrepreneur and really it would be only natural to run it like a business. But back to the ultimate answer, Jesus is one big thing. The one big picture benefit. Everything comes down to for him is connecting you to the father daily. The small picture benefit 
is the fivefold ministry, these five positional gifts. These are five spiritual superpowers that are used to daily build up the church. And both of these benefits, the big picture benefit and the small picture benefit, help us today and tomorrow and the next day and forever. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.